Welcome to Who Wrote That Up For You, a daily podcast that shines a light on the American justice system and its role in empowering the powerful to take from you. The justice system is the only branch of your government where an individual, rather than the collective, can make the system act for you. It puts power in the individual's hands, but it's broken and being used against you at a time when you need it most. And we are live on Who Wrote That Up For You. Today is Thursday, November 10th, 2022. I'm Sonia Ebron, a co-founder at Courtroom 5. And I am Deborah Sloan, the other co-founder at Courtroom 5. Great show lined up for you today. Uh, In a few moments, we will speak with Daniel Medwed. Uh, Daniel is Distinguished Professor of Law and Criminal Justice at the Northeastern University School of Law. Uh, He's also author of Why the Innocent can't get out of prison. And so we are excited to speak with him uh, on just that topic. Uh, but before we get there, Deborah, what is on your mind today? What is our issue of the day? Well, this is all, this is pretty much related, a related topic. I want to talk about evidence and expert witnesses. Um, early this year, uh, Reuters reported that the federal judiciary is considering changing the rules of evidence to make it harder for expert witnesses to present what they call pseudo-scientific and unreliable evidence at trials. Now, that's what they called it. And you think, oh, that's great. That's wonderful because uh, that's long overdue because we've heard of false convictions in criminal trials uh, nationwide for decades now. Uh, uh, Even the FBI crime lab stopped using the bullet-led examinations only in 2005 after a report concluded there was no scientific basis for matching a particular bullet at a crime scene with an unused batch of ammunition. But they've been using that for since the 1960s. Another, another uh, report showed that many methods were that uh, people were using for evidence uh, introduced into criminal trials, with, was introduced into criminal trials without any real meaningful scientific validation, without determination of error rates or reliability testing or anything like that. And the study also found that prosecutors uh, usually have an advantage over most defendants in offering expert testimony in criminal cases. While both sides have about equal access to experts in civil cases, and I thought that's kind of weird because there are a lot of pro se litigants in civil cases, but I found the explanation for that. Uh, and you think, oh, that's great, that's great. But unfortunately, while while the more important reasons to change the federal rules of evidence regarding expert witnesses are in criminal law, the focus for the judiciary is on corporate defendants in civil cases and torts. For example, big businesses that are being accused of harming people allegedly for things like um, uh, 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 injuries caused by drug and other consumer projects. So nearly all the public comments and support for this proposal that they're doing have come from the civil defense bar. And that's really disappointing because there's so much of a need on the other side, on the criminal law side. 
That is very timely uh, discussion there. You must have picked that because of our guests. I'm going to be interested to hear his thoughts on on these issues. You know, you remind me of the case in Texas. I think um, this man was um, accused of uh, killing, burning down his house to kill his kids um, and was ultimately executed on that. And it was based on some nonsense about the direction of the fire, you know, after it was started. It was just Mm. ludicrous. And I remember thinking at the time, you know, we've had the scientific method for thousands of years. I mean, we're teaching it at the high school level. And then we get these quote unquote experts that are just testifying to gibberish, you know, uh, in front of juries over and over and over. And I, I I have no words. I have no yeah. words. I, but, you know, I'm thinking, you know, as you said, there's so much need for this review uh, of the pseudoscientific, um, uh, you know, uh, expert testimony in, did I do that? I'm sorry. Yeah. In, in criminal uh, cases, but, you know, for them to use it on civil and to, to protect uh, corporations, all I can say there is it's working as designed. The system mm. is working as designed. Wow. And that's a shame that there's so much need for change there. I, I won't I won't belabor the point. Uh, but yeah, there is obviously I, it's a very timely uh, conversation there. Well, who wrote that up for you is sponsored by Courtroom 5. At Courtroom 5, we believe the courts belong to the people in particular to the people who use them. And we, the people, are coming to claim our courts. So if you are in court without a lawyer or you need to sue someone and can't find a lawyer to represent you, get yourself over to courtroom5.com, try a limited version of our services for free, and we hope to provide some relief for you there. At this time, it's my great pleasure to welcome onto the show uh, Professor Daniel Medwed, uh, he's a distinguished professor of law at Northeastern University uh, School of Law. Uh, Daniel, thank you for joining us on Who Wrote That Up For You. Deborah, I'm, I'm really looking forward. All right. Fantastic. Now, we are going to have some audio issues there, so let's slow it down <laughs> uh, a good bit. You are the author, uh, Daniel, of Why the Innocent Can't Get Out of Prison. Uh, so as I said, I'm really interested to, to hear your, your thoughts and, and what you've expressed there uh, in the book. Let me just put it plainly. Why is it so hard uh, to free prisoners who are, are able to prove their actual innocence uh, after they're convicted? Couple reasons. So the big our system values finality over accuracy. Final, we want to process efficiently rather than taking look that would cause delays. Looks take time and that much time. Another Deborah is in the Supreme in a 2017 case, Supreme Court said the event, the trial constitution. There is deal in the constitution. This is my view. The appeal card, right? The step aisle. That's when the presumptions, it's replaced by now there's a conviction on the books. Everything is stacked exiting or rebutting that presumption. Big picture reason, pellet and post-conviction, that idea. There's deference to trial, law to juries, all tight and incredibly difficult to even get. I captured a good bit of that, Daniel. I appreciate your 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 thought there. If I can uh, just to restate what I what I heard, our system values finality. Did I get that right? Over anything right. else, 
that is that is a, a terrible thing when we're uh, considering mm. someone's liberty uh, at stake for sure. And uh, there are some principles that sort of stack the deck uh, during the post conviction period against you know being able to prove um, that you have a right to uh, to to your liberty even if you're innocent. That is a terrible way to run a judicial system, in my in my <laughs> opinion. Well. Let me ask you this, and and again, let's slow it down so we can catch uh, more of your 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 thoughts here. Um, are there? Deborah laid out some um, uh, efforts for from the federal judiciary to to rethink the use of uh, pseudoscience yes. and expert testimony. Are there similar? Are there other efforts uh, that we might point to that are being applied to the use of that sort of uh, testimony in criminal cases in particular? Yeah. So my text is you can now call claims based on the use of special junk science. Um, I'm not an expert on it. I haven't looked at it for one thing I'm excited about and I'm is about the idea of Hannah's commissions in handle requests North Carolina. Carolina has one. Actual Innocence Commission is a standing agency. And this commission for assistance, the case, if they think they refer it to the court. That's a place where maybe you can raise about flawed forensic problems in your case. Understood. Understood. A little bit of that. Daniel, we're going to take a quick break and let Deborah uh, do her uh, quiz uh, here. If you don't mind, we'll uh, have you in the green room for just a moment and we'll bring you right back uh, for the second part of this discussion. Thanks so much. All right. Deborah, who won yesterday's quiz and what do you have lined up for us tomorrow? Today's quiz and the lawsuit. Kelsey filed against Dr. Fig Newton for medical malpractice. Dr. Newton files a motion for judgment as a matter of law, a JMOL. What must he prove to win? Kelsey must, uh, I'm sorry, Dr. Fig Newton must prove that no reasonable jury would decide in favor of Kelsey because the law and the important facts clearly support Dr. Newton. That means he has to he has to have the jury under uh, he has to have the judge understand that he knows what reasonable a reasonable jury means and all that. So he has to to do a lot of explaining. But if he can prove that, then um, then uh, he can win on that motion. And uh, one person came up with the the uh, right answer. Van G is our winner. Congratulations to Van there. All right, and today's quiz is a definition. Litigation is, one, a contest between opposing sides in a court of law. Two, an order that can be appealed before a higher court. Three, a process for collecting evidence from another party. And four, an oral argument before a judge or jury. Which answer is correct? If you want to participate in today's quiz, send your responses to quiz at courtroom5.com. 
Fantastic. Fantastic. Looking forward to seeing the answers there. Let's welcome back to the show Daniel Medwitt, uh, Distinguished Professor of Law and Criminal Justice at Northeastern University School of Law. Uh, and so, Daniel, um, we've been talking about why it's so difficult for uh, people who are proven to be innocent to get out of prison. Uh, and, you know, we, we understood that there are just procedural hurdles um, in the courts to be able to prove, to, to be able to get the right to a new trial and, and, and those sorts of things. Um, let me ask you there. Do you think the problem here is at the front end, that is during the trial process itself? Or is it more at the back end, uh, the, the, the post-conviction rules, the appellate process? What is the, what is the problem here? Good question, Sonia. So here's my problems at both ends, but it's at the front end. Because time, we wouldn't have to worry about if we had a better, if we had a better system to be innocent. If better representation, sorry, if prosecutors were helped, that would make a huge, huge difference. You know, and that is a key uh, point there. You remind me of the uh, recent case of uh, Adnan Syed, I think it is, Um, the gentleman uh, who spent now 20 years on a murder conviction. Um, His case was the, um, uh, was the, basis for the serial, I think, podcast, it was called. And the Maryland prosecutor um, is the one who sort of took took it, uh, took, had an office there uh, who decided they needed to participate in freeing him. Yeah. Uh, I think that was a result of some recent Maryland law. That's right. And should be open to that. And they don't represent the victim. The individual, they represent the defendants, all, all of us are part of the part of my work, uh, Sonia Endeavor. Prosecutors to tr- justice because they were, were given back in the 19th should care about everyone. They should care that prosecutors, ne- as long as the result, but that's not how prosecutor process. And that's them, as both of you well know. You know, it's difficult because as a practical matter, I think prosecutors are rewarded, uh, particularly those who are elected, yes. right, as most mm-hmm. are, I think, are rewarded for their win-loss rate. Um, yeah. You know, that's the, that's the, that's, and so there are real consequences to them of participating in freeing innocent people. You're right. Thinking about it as a win or a loss, think about it, it as doing your an acquittal is not a loss. Jury made a decision that there wasn't, and that's that's not a loss, right, Sonia? That process through that, that lens can acquittal equals loss. They, they rush to get plea bargains, they dig in their, their heels, and they can't. You mentioned elected prosecutors, 45 states, 45 prosecutors, and a lot of people raise If they are, is they want to hear about folks being. T- is one solution then to um, 
take the judicial branch, all of it really, out of the the hands of um, uh, you know elections, take it away from elections and just appoint them uh, by you know governors and and their representatives. You know, it's such an is the movement toward elections came about in the nineteenth century transparency and accountable to the people because or the Civil War, Sonia, just like you suggested, a problem is our electoral model because people don't even know. And the people who are fall prey to very simple about being tough on crime might have a better chance at justice prosecutors were appointed. Though they had to be be tough on crime to, for voters. Yeah, yeah, I, th- I think I understood. One one final note then, uh, Daniel, you are um, uh, on the board of the New England Innocence Project, and I think a founding member of the, the Innocence Network, which is uh, sort of a consortium of innocence projects worldwide. Um you all have to be awfully busy. I mean, I hear about folks, you know, being released from long prison sentences um, almost weekly uh, these days. What work is involved, um, if, if you could tell us briefly, in getting someone uh, who's innocent out of prison? Three different stages, really. Sorting stage, where you're, there's someone, it, it has a case that, is this person, with a, a credible claim of innocence. Look through all the documents. The next stage, once you're in, is to really reinvestigate the people trail and the paper out whether you can assemble evidence. And as part of that, you'll strategy. And the third, exactly how to litigate it, of litigating. In fact, some states, you might even think, I'm in seaboard and try to pick board because I don't think I can process. Or maybe you say, somebody here that, that can work. I think it's fair to say a three state. Yeah, yeah. That is a, that's a heavy lift. It is a very heavy lift it's there. Sort of, right, guys? Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> Daniel, thank you so much. Um, I know we've thank had some audio it. issues, but I think we are grateful for the the knowledge that you've shared here. Um, and we will have you back again to 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 speak with us again. Thank you so uh, much. I would love to come back. Time, my apologies. Fantastic, fantastic. There's so much uh, good work being done, um, but it is, as as we said, there a heavy lift uh, on both the civil side and on the uh, on the criminal side, certainly. And the consequences, though, as difficult as they are on the civil side, are so much more severe uh, on the criminal side. And there doesn't seem to be, um, you know, there doesn't seem to be as much uh, success, at least, on the criminal side as there should be. Um, yeah, it's, it's a, it is a very difficult system that we are operating in and yeah, you know, happy to see the work that Daniel and his colleagues, uh, just globally are, are doing in, in this area. It just, I, I just wish there were 10 times more. Yeah. And I, and, and I, I don't see 
where the uh, civil side benefits a whole lot either yet <laughs> from having, you know, uh, 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 equity, you know, in terms of, of uh, 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 especially in pro se, you know, and uh, where pro se litigants are concerned in terms of uh, um, basically helping people who should be winning win, you know. <laughs> so yeah. that's unfortunate. Exactly. Exactly. Well, that's all we have uh, for you today. As always, thanks for tuning in uh, and we will see you again tomorrow. Thanks, everybody. Are you feeling beleaguered, angry, or afraid? As if things are spinning out of control and you're powerless to stop them? It's easy to just let things slide and hope they don't get worse. But they often do get worse. The thing is, you're not powerless. Our courts belong to us, and their purpose is to give power to the powerless. Don't let your grievances pile up without redressing them. You can handle this in court, or if someone takes you to court, you can take them to school.